trying to be great And I'm on my way Way up, way up, way up It's never too late And I'm on my way I'ma leave my mark Ready, set, go Ready, set, go Ready, set, go. With so much negativity being yielded at the youth of our nation It seems hard to find any signs of a bright future Coming from a legendary past, the new generation of Bahamians seek to take this nation to heights it's never seen. That's where the youth perspective comes in. We seek to display tomorrow's leaders in every facet of society. Each show will focus on today's pace setters, trendsetters, movers and shakers, and the next generation of great, impactful Bahamians. We seek to uplift, motivate, and encourage our listeners. Tune in as we address issues of importance with wisdom and intelligence, all from the youth perspective. And we're back. Welcome to another edition of the Youth Perspective with yours truly, Kashika Jamal. We thank you so much for locking it in. Thanks so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. And the Youth Perspective is a great show where we shine the light on the youth of our nation. And we talk to youth organizations and we talk about youth topics, really everything uh, surrounding the youth of our nation. We've been doing this for some odd eight or nine years thereabout. Uh, and of course, uh, we have dozens and dozens of shows uh, that we have done. And uh, the uh, individuals that we have on the show, no stranger uh, to the youth perspective. We're going to have a dynamic conversation. Uh, it's going to be exciting, ladies and gentlemen. So I want you to sit back, relax, get real close to the radio. Come a little closer. Come a little closer. And uh, we're going to have a dynamic conversation. You're locked in at 1540 AM, 104.5 FM, the national voice of the Bahamas. And inspiration, 107.9 FM, ladies and gentlemen. And it's all about Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention Week, ladies and gentlemen. And so uh, it's going to be a dynamic one this evening. We are joined by some wonderful guests uh, this evening. We have an uh, entire crew tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We have Nurse Bullard. Uh, she's joining us this t tonight as well. We have Mrs. Sandra Jones uh, from the Pajo Sub-Regional Office. Dr. Brittany Jones, and we have Tanya Major joining us tonight. Good evening, all. How are you doing? Good night, everybody. Good evening. Pretty good. Cash again. Yes. Good evening. Good night. And it's a pleasure to be on your show. It's a pleasure to have you all here. And so let's dive in because we have a lot of things to get to. So I want to make sure we have enough time uh, as we start off tonight. And anybody can take this first question. Uh, what is the significance of Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention Week uh, for the listeners listening in this evening? So Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention Week is usually celebrated on the second week of October every year, starting in 2020. And the purpose of the week is to bring attention to the topic of adolescent pregnancy prevention, because it is preventable um, within our region we understand that adolescents are the central part of everything that we want to achieve. We usually say that children are the future or adolescents are the future. And so we see it as an uh, important um, initiative to raise awareness during this week because, you know, adolescents are important to the successful achievement of the sustainable development goals. Um, pregnancy within this population of persons, whether it is planned or unplanned, can have negative and 
consequences that are really not easily reversed. Um, and there are long-term implications for both the parent and the child, both for the physical uh, perspective, meaning challenges could be around birthing and delivery issues, low birth weight. Um, from a mental perspective, some of those challenges may be experiences of anxiety or depression. And as well as from a social perspective, the issues of poverty and the cyclic issues of marginalization and exclusion are all concerns that are linked to adolescent pregnancy. So this week around the region, there are activities being planned that really aim to continue the dialogues that have already been started and to educate youth as well as the community at large on the strategies and the approaches for preventing adolescent pregnancy. And, you know, what I was really wondering, um, do you think, or it's open to the room, are we missing the boat uh, with young people when it comes to adolescent pregnancy prevention? Oh, okay. So... Are we missing the boat? The first thing I must say that um, adolescent pregnancy remains very high in Latin America and the Caribbean, and it certainly is an area of concern because it affects profoundly the trajectory of a young girl. Uh, studies have shown that adolescent pregnancy hampers girls' psychological, um, psychosocial development. It contributes to their poor health outcomes for themselves and their children, while negatively impact their educational and employment opportunities. So we have we must address it. But are we missing the boat, as, as you mentioned? Um, and the question also I would ask, are we doing enough to prevent adolescent pregnancy? Mm. Perhaps we need to change our approach and do things differently if we want to reduce the rate of adolescent pregnancy at the national level and, and by extension, the Caribbean. We perhaps need to take a step back and analyze what are some of the factors that contribute to adolescent um, pregnancy examine some of the good and best practices that are available in reducing um, such, uh, in reducing adolescent pregnancy, because there are countries and there are other regions with similar economic development that have demonstrated that it is possible to achieve a rapid reduction in adolescent pregnancy. You know, we have to reflect on the age of consent uh, and one needs to take into consideration that in today's so that society, there are um, children are maturing at a much faster pace. So how can we provide age-appropriate information that will allow for them to make informed decisions and choices? And of course, I think one of the things we also have to focus on is policies. What are some of the essential policies that will actually protect the young girls from actually um, getting pregnant and also to ensure that they achieve their full potential. So some are, these are some of the reflection that we need to during this week focus on and, and to see how we can bring about some change. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to ask you as well, uh, when we speak about concern, right? Uh, what is the current situation locally and also regionally? And uh, should it raise some concern um, as we have this conversation? I guess I will jump in quickly and actually take uh, this question. The situation as it relates to um, 
adolescent health in the Caribbean, it actually varies by country. And it's also de is dependent on the existence of, existence of legislation and policies. But however, there are some similarities that are across countries um, in the, the Caribbean. There are common health system barriers that takes on different shapes for adolescents. One quick example um, is that we find that adolescents are in a phase where they receive services from pediatrician and or from other specialized providers, which may or may not meet their evolving need. And, depend, and this also depends on where the service is accessed. Um, we have seen that in the region, healthcare providers have also noted the limited capacity to provide adequate care for this target population. And this has resulted in PAHO collaborating with the University of the West Indies, and this is the Mona campus, to develop a curriculum for healthcare providers on, on the provision of services for adolescents. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, the age of consent. The ages of consent in the region affect the access to knowledge and information regarding um, appropriate information, especially as it relates to sexual and reproductive health, HIV and STI, the risk and the consequences, and also the availability of access to, um, to services. And just by concluding here, we have limited data, hmm. limited data across the region. The collection and the availability of disaggregated data is an ongoing challenge. And this actually limits the analysis and reflect the real situation that could actually support evidence-based decisions. Mm -hmm. And of course, programs for, for this target population. Right, right. And uh, still speaking regionally, um, are there any uh, strategies that may be of use uh, in the region uh, to address adolescent pregnancy? Yeah, there are a bunch of strategies. So I'll jump in here again. There are a bunch of uh, uh, strategies. We have at the regional level a group of um, partners, the inter which form an interagency uh, committee, and this include UN agencies, CARICOM, and and other stakeholders. And this group has been working since 2019 to actually put as a priority on the region in the region the issue of. Um, um, adolescent and youth health. And this group actually was able to actually implement the first um, Caribbean Congress on Adolescent and Youth Health. And this basically developed a roadmap, which we hope that countries will actually use as a quote unquote Bible to actually support the provision of services for this um, target population. We also have UNFPA, one of the key UN agencies in the region. Mm -hmm. They have conducted a, a legislative review that actually focus on what are some of the negative impact of the legislation and policies that actually affect um, the health and well-being 
of um, young people in the region. And of course, we have two action plans, one by PAHO, which looks at the um, well-being, which promotes the well-being of all women, children, and adolescents in the Americas. And we have the WHO um, Accelerated Action Plan, which also, which most countries in the region are implementing, and the emphasis is to ensure that adolescents, they strive, they survive, they thrive, and of course, transform so that they could meet their full potential. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. Uh, go ahead. Oh, oh, hi, Nurse Bolivia from Adolescent Health Center. I just wanted to plug in locally mm -hmm. for um, the Bahamas. Our um, teenage pregnancy rate in the adolescent population hasn't drastically increased or decreased over the past years, but it's still a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things um, Ms. Jones was speaking about was um, the gap in care, the lack of access to our adolescents to care, our um, laws that prohibits adolescents from seeking health care on their own. In the Bahamas here, we are a Christian nation, and for our adolescent to be sexually active outside of marriage at that age, it is frowned upon, and many adolescents are fearful and hesitant to speak to their parents, guardians, or even a concerned adult about their sexuality. Mm -hmm. But Ministry of Health and Wellness, we have Adolescent Health Center. We are geared towards adolescents and we provide sexual reproductive health care. We also provide counseling, um, not only to our children, but as the family on the whole, so that we all can deal with the issues that they are facing now in, um, in our country. Yeah. So, yes, there are a lot of challenges when we look at our laws and access to care. But in the Bahamas, we do have a clinic for adolescents. And we know that many parents, many persons do not know that we are here. And so we also need to make sure that persons are aware that this is a clinic for adolescents. There is a resource for parents that they can come and they can seek out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if they listened to the U perspective, they would have definitely heard you on uh, numerous of times sharing this information uh, and letting them know that there is help there at the clinic for them. Yes. Yeah. And so let me ask you while I have you, um, is there any factors? So let's talk about some of the factors that contribute to adolescent pregnancy. When we look at um, factors for adolescent pregnancies, I would speak um, locally here in um in the Bahamas, what I see coming through my doors are of course our um poverty level, um, lack of education, um, the awareness of what is out there, the internet. The adolescents are very aware of uh, many topics that um we as older persons weren't aware at the at at where of at that age and so they are exposed to so many things and there is nobody there to educate them and they very rarely seek a parent or guardian to get information from so that type of um information is out there nobody for them to get the right information from and then no access to care when they do engage in these activities and there is no help or recourse because of their age so that is some of the factors that i notice at my clinic that we um, have that may um, contribute to the increased pregnancy in that age group. Miss mm -hmm. Jones, you, you wanted to touch on it regionally? Yeah, I was, and I, yeah, I would like to add that, yeah, regionally, what we have seen here, and I'm not, I'm not certain what is the, 
policy and legislation as it relates to the age of consent in um, the Bahamas. But in some countries in the region, the policies and legislation are not aligned with the age of sexual consent and the age in which the adolescent or young person can access health services. So we so that is 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 a basic um challenge. And also we also see um the issue of sexual violence and abuse mm -hmm. are some contributing factors that um that actually fuel the um adolescent pregnancy in the region. Uh, Dr. Jones, I saw, did you want to chime in or you you all right? That was the exact point I was going to add, that exposure to violence, whether it is directly or indirectly, um, can be one of the risk factors for adolescent pregnancy. And this is a subject that we've seen um, recently mm -hmm. becoming even more of a headline. And so I think it speaks to the urgency of the subject of, of prevention of pregnancy within the adolescent population and being keen to address the underlying risk factors and to be more proactive rather than reactive. Mm -hmm. And so I want to ask you as well, as we continue along on this discussion, uh, how can we make access to SRH services easier for adolescents? Um, Nurse Bullard would have mentioned that the Adolescent Health Center is geared toward provision of services for adolescents and their families as well. Um, and they've also they also do provide services for some of the same issues we just raised. Uh, mm. Adolescents who may be experiencing sexual violence or mental health challenges, um, challenges with substance use, domestic violence, conflict, which are all risk factors. Mm -hmm. um, but that clinic exists within New Providence. And so when we think about accessibility, we need to think about how do we ensure that persons on family islands can have access to the same information, resources, and care. Um, so there is the challenge of, uh, from a geographic perspective, some inequities there, and also to ensure that the healthcare workers um, and, and those that are providing care, counseling, and other services are adequately uh, staffed, resourced, and equipped to do the work that they do. Um, Sandra Jones mentioned earlier the point of adolescents being in that stage where they um, access some services through a pediatrician and some services through other specialized providers. And so it's important to ensure that the referral networks or systems are, are cohesive and there is a, a, a proper coordination among the providers and to really begin to reduce some of the fragmentation in the system. Um, she also mentioned an important point about training of healthcare workers um, to ensure that there is a standardization of the care that is uh, responsive to the needs of the adolescent population. Um, and where there are gaps or needs to develop standard operating procedures, that is an opportunity to begin to improve the quality of the care that is delivered to this population. Mm -hmm. um, so overall, when we, when we think 
about services that are responsive. We're thinking about services that are respectful, that maintain confidentiality, meaning the information, medical or health information that is shared is only shared with the persons that need to know uh, for the purpose of offering the care and the services. Uh, we, we, we know that there are some challenges with stigma, discrimination, some persons feeling fearful to even have conversations with um, either their trusted um, parents or guardians or even with healthcare workers. And it's because of the fear of, you know, the backlash that they may receive on the back end. Um, so it is important to have a balanced uh, approach um, for addressing the health service, addressing the risk factors, sorry, on the front end, but also making sure that the services on the back end are um, responsible and appropriate to meet the needs of the adolescent population. Mm. And so let me ask the room tonight, um, as we near the end of our show, uh, but I want to know for the community listening in, uh, for the listeners, uh, how can we as a community encourage the prevention of adolescent pregnancy? I'll chime in. Um, there is a need, firstly, to understand a little better the magnitude. Um, we heard Nurse Bullard said that over the years, there hasn't been a significant increase or decrease, but still it's recognized as a challenge. And so it would be good to dive a little bit deeper and, and understand better among those who are faced with this issue, what are the factors that are contributing to it so that we can, instead of just plateauing, start to move toward elimination and reduction of the adolescent uh, pregnancy. So we need to have the data in order to make appropriate interventions and plan policies based on the evidence. And I think it's also important that we include the youth in the policy discussions and in the decision-making processes. That way we have their voices and we understand from their perspective what their needs are and are better able to um, make the services responsive to their identified needs. Uh, we've already spoken to the need for strengthening sort of the referral pathways. And so from the health sector perspective, uh, we want to make sure that in primary care, the services that are needed are available and readily accessible. And that if there's a need to refer to um, specialty care, that those processes are clearly defined. Um, from a community perspective, whether it's um, within uh, local neighborhoods, um, small group gatherings, schools, churches, etc. There's an opportunity to continue to begin and continue these conversations around um, prevention of adolescent pregnancy and to ensure that youth have meaningful opportunities to participate in, in, in activities that will help them to become uh, productive and, and contributing members of society. So we need to make sure that there are alternate healthy options and opportunities to foster the growth among this population. Um, of course, the health sector alone is not gonna be able to address all of the risk factors. And so there's always gonna be a need for partnership 
within and beyond the health sector to address those risk factors. And then finally, uh, young people are often congregating on social media platforms and other platforms. And so we have to take the messages to where it is that they um, are congregating, where they reside. And so our approaches in in packaging and delivering the message really should be sensitive in a way that they understand, that they can digest and act on, and ultimately are empowered to make decisions that are healthy for for their future. All right, indeed. Now, before we uh, get ready to wrap up, I want to find out for all the parents listening in this evening, the concerned parents, guardians, uh, what advice uh, would you give to them tonight as we get ready to uh, wrap up? Well, I would, um, my advice to all parents would be to talk to your adolescents. Um, we realize that many of our parents are struggling. Um, and so dealing with an adolescent who is transitioning from a child to an adult can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. And we might tend to delay talks or not talk at all because we think they know what they should know. But we find that our, our adolescents need a lot of education. They need that um, support from the parents to know that the parents have their back, even if they make a mistake. And the parents need to be able to now talk to their children about what is going on in the world. Like I said earlier, our children are exposed to the internet. They're exposed to the world. They're learning and seeing so many things. And so we as parents need to address these issues. We need to know where they're at, what they're looking at, and then discuss it. Because if we don't talk to our young girls and our young boys, they will talk to each other and get the wrong information. So parents, um, we need to talk. We need to work together with our families to know what is going on in our children's lives so that we can give them and guide them in the right direction. And if I may just very add just very quickly that, you know, we should not be afraid to giving our young boys and girls um, the appropriate information because it will help them eventually um, to make the right decision and choices right. Um, at the time when it is very important um, for them. So we are not we're not always with our children. So we should strive to empower them that they will have the necessary information to make decisions for themselves. Yes. Right. And before we get ready to wrap up, I want to go around the room uh, and get everybody's closing comments as uh, we wrap up this special discussion, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in. Uh, this is the Youth Perspective. And we're speaking about this evening, Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention week. And so uh, whoever wants to go first uh, with your closing comments. Okay. So what I would like to say is that adolescent pregnancy is preventable. Parents, guardians, any adult that have an adolescent in your home, it is preventable. You just need to speak with your adolescent and then seek help. If you're not sure what to do, come into the Adolescent Health Center. We will help guide you and making that right decision and opening the conversation that needs to be held. Do not bury your head in the sand and pretend like nothing is happening. That is why we end up with pregnancies that are unplanned. So we need to make sure that adolescents have the best chance for the best future by making sure that they are given the knowledge and the opportunity to have that bright future. 
And I would echo the sentiment that adolescent pregnancy is 100% preventable and that we all have a role to play in that prevention. Education is one of the most effective tools, one of many effective tools um, to really empower young people to make healthy decisions. And it starts at multiple levels, but at the familial level, there's the opportunity to start and continue those dialogues on sexuality, on healthy relationship building, on responsible use of cell phones and the internet, as we spoke to earlier. And we also mentioned that even as a Christian nation, the church and faith organizations have a role to play as well. That can be another source of healthy information mm -hmm. and also provision of involvement opportunities for children and adolescents to, you know, join a marching band or be a part of something within that community and space. At the school level, of course, there is an effort to ensure that these topics are included as discussions in health and family life education and then at the community level just ensuring that there are opportunities for meaningful engagement and finally at the high level or the policy level ensuring that we put in place the the policies the legislation etc that protect children from exposure to violence exploitation harassment and really gets to the crux of some of the other um, risk factors that we addressed earlier so overall this is a 100 percent preventable issue and it will take uh, interventions at multiple levels and sectors to really have the full impact that we would like to see locally and regionally. And of course, um, in conclusion, I would just like to add that we need to view adolescent pregnancy as a public health, um, developmental and human rights issue. And therefore, it needs to remain as a priority on national and regional um, agendas. And we hope that this discourse will not end here with the Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention Week, that but it will that but that it will continue as we make this a priority. Thank you very much. Well, thank you all very much. It was such a pleasure to have you all joining me this evening on The Youth Perspective, uh, where we spoke about the significance and a long discourse about Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention Week, ladies and gentlemen. And so I pray that uh, this show brought you a new level of knowledge in this particular area. And we look forward to doing this again real soon. So we thank uh, Dr. Jones for joining us uh, this evening, Nurse Bullard, and Miss Sandra Jones. We thank you all for being a part of the show. And uh, also Miss Major, I saw a little bit earlier. We thank you so much for being a part of the show. We look forward to doing this again. Uh, thank you again, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Good yeah. night. Good night. Good night. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of the Youth Perspective with yours truly, Cash and Jamal. Have a great evening. And we'll see you again, same place, same time, next week, Saturday, as we do it all over again for the Youth Perspective, where we shine the light on the youth of our nation with yours truly, Cashing and Jamal. Have a great evening. I'm trying to be great, and I'm on my way, way up, way up, way up. It's never too late, and I'm on my way. I'ma leave my mark, ready, set, go. 
Ready, set, go. Ready, set. I hope you enjoyed another edition of the Youth Perspective. Stay tuned for more interviews, more in-depth conversation, great music as we seek to encourage, empower, impact, and uplift our youth of this nation. Here on the Youth Perspective, we'll see you next time right here on the Youth Perspective with Kashik and Jamal.